Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Coin Press Podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today I'm joined by Chris Castig of Console. Welcome. Hey Luke. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, so Chris, tell us about Console. What is this this app that you're building? Console is well, there's a few different ways to describe it, but I think the easiest way to describe it is uh it's the future of online communities. And what we believe that is, uh, is a way for communities to own their own community, um, own their identity. And basically we're building a chat platform. That's the start of how they can do this. Cool. So that <laughs> a lot to unpack there. But lot to unpack there. So when you talk about being the future of community and all that, um, I know console positions itself as being kind of this web three native app and it's really about integration with crypto and um various tokens and all that so what are your thoughts on community as a function of of web3 uh versus you know our existing communities that are all web2 bound yeah i mean i think the big thing to kind of highlight here is how we define web3 and i only say that because i think there's some slightly different ways of people yeah. thinking about what Web3 is, right? Um, I think the most interesting thing about Web3 is um, what I'm what I call really like digital property is what we're talking about. Because sure. um, in the real world, like we have all these these ways of owning, you know, a, a house. I own a house. It's like here, I have a deed, right? All these things, but we don't necessarily have that corollary in on the internet, right? Um, and we've been kind of forging that in Web2. So what we have now are all these primitives. Like you can own your identity, right? And I have this like proof, this like cryptographic proof. You're like, I am this person online. Um, and that's pretty amazing, right? You can own assets. Um, and we're taking those um, so that when you come to console, imagine you log on, use your web wallet, right? And you are using your, your keys essentially and saying like, this is who I am. Um, and then in that way, it's really useful because, you know, if you and I, if Luke, if you're chatting, right, and if you're like, I don't know what your, what's your ETH name, your dear ENS name? Uh, I actually don't have a .ETH. Damn, well, then I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't know who it was, but let's just yeah, say it was Luke.ETH. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Kastig.ETH. Um, you know, then when we're talking, um, we can we can basically, like, have a higher level of trust that we're not a bot, that we're not you know, trying to scam each other because we can see each other's history, right? It's kind of like um, if anybody's, if, you know, if somebody's new to this idea, we most people understand the idea that there's like web domains, right? Mm -hmm. There's like facebook.com or whatever, instagram.com, both are owned by the same person. But uh, when you look at that name, you know, in the browser, you get a sense of trust. You're like, oh, I, I, this is Instagram, right? I know where I am. Yeah, right. um, Web3 allows us to do that for people. And so when you ask about community, the idea is, if I am Kastig.eth, if I own that and I can prove that I own that, um, we can have a higher level of trust. And so we're taking that which already exists and applying it even more broadly to communities so that communities can essentially, you own your community and you own your, I, people own their identity. And it's like console doesn't, you know, it's like right now Twitter basically owns all the Twitter handles that are on it. Right. With console, you own that. And if, even if we went away, um, you know, we, you would be able to have the freedom to start it up again without us. That's basically sure. the big value that we're, we're trying to add. Cool, cool. Um, 
so so the way you're doing that, obviously you're integrating with uh, .eth and, and other things. And, and now I feel bad for not even having an ENS name. <laughs> uh, but the oh, good. Uh, live your life, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the full time. So, Sorry. <laughs> all right. So um, so you're integrating, and console is not like chain specific, correct? You're you're agnostic about yeah, we're multi chain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All the chains. All road come. Yeah. come. <laughs> Coins and whatever yeah. you want. Got them all. Maybe. And I think I think that for um for what you're building, multi-chain actually makes a lot of sense. I, I feel like a lot of dApps actually get into well, now we're gonna launch all of our smart contracts on all these chains to try to get, you know, this many more users from from Polygon because you know we've we feel like we've tapped out in this other community. And so we want to expand and, and reach a new group of users. Um but it feels like for this, you're really just trying to meet people where they use the blockchain today, whether they're on one chain or another, uh, and let them talk to other people, perhaps regardless of what chain they're on. Uh, would you say that's a fair characterization? Yeah, and uh, yes, and a question I get a lot is, okay, so are all the chats on the blockchain, um, which is definitely not the case, and it wouldn't really be super useful. I mean, happy to kind of click into why that wouldn't be useful. But yeah. um, but the, the thing that is on the blockchain is identity, right? I think console starts with identity. We just believe that the next the next wave of the internet, right, the next, the future of the internet will have people owning their own identity and not platforms. So that's our thesis. And, you know, from there, that's why we can allow a variety of different blockchains because we're essentially just using the cryptographic keys or the NFTs or, or that right. kind of stuff. But we don't actually record all the chats on the blockchain, so. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, and I think that that's the, I mean, that, that is the right way to do it, where if you're trying to store chat data on, on blockchain, that would get expensive pretty quickly. Yeah, um, there's no need. Yeah. Well, <laughs> debatable, I mean, yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, you can you can send messages today on chain, right? Just sign a transaction basically but yeah yeah i guess for other than cost were there other reasons that you considered that uh made you shy away from uh pu putting all chat data on chain um maybe more interesting reasons sure i mean to be honest it's like well i i've had a few startup companies before this um went through y combinator and like I don't know. Just feel like I've I'm also a teacher, so I feel like I've been teaching and I teach startups uh, and mm -hmm. Web three stuff at Columbia University. Only to say that I think the mantra, which kind of goes through my head really loud, is don't build something that people don't want, and yeah. try to build something that people love, you know, and yeah. want. And uh, no one's really asking for that. <laughs> no one's asking for their messages to be on the blockchain. So sure. really, it just never came up. We you know when we started this, you know last um i left my last web 2 company last summer so summer of 2021 and when i left um, i was looking for a few different projects because i really believe in the future of building an amazing internet and i think privacy and identity are part of that and i didn't know what i wanted to build um but in in talking with um I, you know i essentially spoke with just like more than 20 people probably over two months and just trying to trying to see where the pain point was and the thing i just kept hearing over and over again um, was Discord sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that it was hurting communities. And that communities 
were having problems with onboarding people. People, it was noisy. There was these spam issues and scams. And it just felt like, wow, you know, why are we building Web3 on Web2? <laughs> like yeah. Web, Web, Web 1.5, I don't even know what Discord is. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, there's a lot of problems with it. So, um, so that's really where the idea came from. And like in those conversations, like I said, again, like that's kind of been our approach and we still take that approach. I mean, anyone listening that is curious about console, like I would love to speak with you. I'm at Castig, C-A-S-T-I-G plug on Twitter. So at Castig on Twitter, but let, let me know, you know, what do you, what do you need? We're here to listen. And um and then again I guess it's like no like literally no one has asked for um, uh, chat on blockchain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um. Yeah. I mean that I think that's a really fair point because it, it, nobody wants to pay a, a transaction fee just to submit a, a message, right? Like every that would that would be a, a clunky experience that people who understand what they're what that would mean. Yeah. Right. Sure, so, and 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 beyond that too. I mean, just maybe for listeners who, um, you know, maybe to kind of, I, I, you know, to kind of steal man, like why you would put it on the blockchain. I think sure. if the blockchain is like, a blockchain is a forever database. I think it, in some ways it's basically just a database, like it stores data in a way that ideally, you know, might be there forever as long as let's say Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever keep running. Right. Um, so the question then becomes like, why would a community or why would an individual want a message to last forever, right? I mean, there might be use cases, um, but you know, we haven't seen any. But one interesting use case that we do have, which isn't on the blockchain, um, but something you can do with, let's say, crypto or Web3, is signing mm -hmm. messages, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we noticed in Discord is one really big pain point communities had is if you want to do a mint and you want to share a link and you want to, you know, anything involving people's wallets in your community, there's a really high um, risk for this being compromised, like in a phishing attack or something. And sure. in the past year, we've seen this um, literally hundreds of millions of accounts have been hacked on Discord. I wrote a very long piece with a cybersecurity team on our blog kind of detailing that but it's no news to anyone that like you know hundreds of millions of dollars have been stolen with these links and so one of the innovations that we're able to use with web3 is having what we call multi-signed messages so if somebody wants to do a um uh, to send a sensitive link whether it's for an nft drop or whether it's for something you, some assets you want to share with your community airdrop whatever you can now send that in console and you can have it so that let's say three of the admins or three people have vouched for and signed it cryptographically with their wallet uh, so that when it finally goes to the community, they can make sure that it wasn't someone impersonating them or a bot. And I think that's a really cool. big innovation, but it doesn't need to be on the blockchain. You can use your wallet keys. It doesn't need to be on the blockchain, but I think right. it's a huge innovation. And I think uh, I think more people are, are going to be doing that as we enter the new year. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, a a training there for users, right? Because ultimately you can't stop people from clicking bad links. But if you if they get used to looking for that, you know, they they trust the security of a multi-signed message and uh, you know, now they're looking for it. They're not going to click a link unless it's it's proven from from the right people. Um, but you know, this is a we're talking about people who are familiar with cryptography and understand what uh, what the implications are of a multi-signed message. 
Um, what are your thoughts on people who are maybe new to blockchain and are, are the type of people who would click a phishing link? Um, do you think, I mean, I guess, what are your thoughts on making this accessible and expected to those people? I think a lot of people would click a phishing link. I think there was an amazing episode of Reply All, if you haven't listened to it, something like oh, yeah. about, you've heard that one? It's like, can there's no way I could be fished is like the name of the title. <laughs> and then they go and they fish their boss. And uh, yeah, okay. there's, a, there's a lot of ways, just putting that out there if you haven't listened to it. There's a lot of ways to be fished. That episode definitely surprised me on, on the ability of what things people click on. And I think to your point, um, that is exactly, um, you know, probably probably like 90% of the world, I would say, uh, are not in Web3, probably more, right? And so yeah. how do we make a product? Um, how, do we, how do we bring security to the rest of the world? Um, this is one of the really important questions that we are asking. I think the two improvements with console, like the two big value adds, I would say, re relative to everything that's out there, are in increased security mm -hmm. and just better design, better ability to focus, right? Um, sure. Well, how do, you know? How do we how do we increase security? I think I think as part of as part of increasing security, it's like there's certain things we can do to add friction. And this example I gave you adds friction, where it makes it harder, right, to share it. But you're right, there is this ability, there is this need for education and a changing of habits. Um, I guess all I can say at this point is this is something we're really focused on and really working towards. I think for Web3 to succeed in general, though, we like everyone kind of needs to level up. You know, um, I would say about 10 years ago, you know, having 2FA, two-factor authentication on your phone wasn't yeah. really like a thing, but the world kind of leveled up. Um, I think credit cards, I I've always impressed by like, you know, we talk about lack of innovation with banks, but I remember the six month period when all of a sudden you, you no longer swiped your credit card, use a chip. I was like, everyone changed in like six months. It's like yeah. amazing what we all could, like if we all agree, we could like do some amazing um, innovations and um, now everybody's using Apple Pay. And I, I just see web wallets and, um, and this kind of leveling up is being part of it. But I think you're right. It's gonna be, I'd be curious if you have any thoughts on that because I, I, know, I know that you, this is something you think about as well because I think it's a challenge, and I also think the technology of where we're at with web wallets um, mm. and some of this kind of basic uh, knowledge about security that's needed, I think it's lacking. What do you think? Yeah. Well, scammers are really smart. Yeah. <laughs> so even having something like multi-sign messages, like putting on my my black hat, the the idea of you know having a trusted community where only people with a specific token are in there and uh, you know, all of that's great and it increases trust within the community. Um, but on Discord today, you get somebody who changes their name to admin and they private message you and, you know, they try to get your information that way. And there's all kinds of different scams out there. Um, so I think like, you know, if uh, if you have casting.eth, um, somebody could come up with a, a character in another language that's really similar, looks like an eye, and then just replace the eye in Castig, and now they can spoof and look just like you to people who don't investigate, right? So now they can sign a message to the group uh, and say, yeah, it's it's from Castig, but it's not quite Castig. It's just a little bit off. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's two things there, and just to play with the idea a bit. Um, one thing that you mentioned, you know, they could get Castig.eth, change the letter. Um, yeah. The difference in what we're talking about here 
it would cost it would cost some money to do that, right? It so would, yes. It would even five dollars, and I think that barrier of five dollars is an, my my hypothesis is it's enough. You're never gonna one hundred percent get rid of spam and phishing, but I think mm -hmm. if we could get rid of eighty percent, it would be a dramatic improvement for the world. And if you look right now on where the phishing comes from, like if I go and I did this literally just this week, I went on my DMs because I probably get in, in Twitter, I probably get like five phishing DMs a week or just okay. crappy DMs. Um, all of them are brand new accounts that are not following anybody right. and they're just created in the last month. You know, uh, <laughs> the barrier to entry for emails, Twitter, it's zero, right? I mean, you basically could just spin up millions. And I mm -hmm. and I think the friction, this is another friction point to create that .eth account. Again, I, I can imagine it just it would start costing so much for people to start impersonating yeah. one person. It will, it's it's possible it will happen, but I think it'll be a lot less. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, and and reducing like if you could reduce by eighty percent within a given community, that would be huge. Yeah. Um, but you know those those cost barriers. Um, scammers are business people. You know they they look at the the amount of money they have to spend to try a scam. And then you know, they look at the expected value based on the size of the wallets of the people in the community and they say, oh, it's worth the risk to try it. Yeah, out. yeah. So I think you'll you'll still have people, but it's going to be much more targeted. And um, I think I think it'll be interesting to see how communities adapt within console and um, how things like multi-sign messages and the tooling that you make available will influence the norms within the community, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of this just comes down to community norms. Um, so if you have like a base C community or something like that on console, and they come to expect that the uh, the Yuga Labs founders are always going to multi-sign a message for things that are important, then they'll know what to look for, right? And so those sorts of um, norms are really where you get the uh, the improvements in terms of security. And I don't know that there's really a great way to have, you know, perfect defaults that prevent scammers and that kind of thing, especially in a permissionless environment. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Um, changing cultural habits and social norms is definitely a challenge. Um, and I, uh, at the same time, I'm optimistic. I think that it will, it will evolve, I think, and hopefully, <laughs> in, hopefully in a positive way. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So let's talk more about um, where console is going. So obviously you're, you know, you're a, um, you have this Discord-like app uh, that you're building, and is currently in closed beta, and um, that's great, and it solves a problem for people who are in Web three and currently using Discord and Telegram and managing all these different communities. Um, but you're also doing things around DAO tooling and um, potential other integrations with wallets and identities and that kind of thing. So talk to me more about, you know, what do you see console becoming beyond just chat? Sure, yeah. Um, chat is the core function of console. Like it's the, <laughs> it's the core of why you're there. Um, it's the community. It's where everybody can kind of chat and be together. But the question then is, why are you there? <laughs> right? yeah. um, you know, in, in some cases of certain discords or Slack channels, you know, sometimes people don't don't even know why they're there. <laughs> like existentially, they're like, we're not sure. Um, although, you know, there are, uh, you know, 
hundreds and, and thousands of communities that come together with a purpose. And those are really the ones that are the most interesting, I think, for console and, and vice versa, I think, that would like console. Because when you have when you bring people together, um, people want to often do things. They want to, I kind of imagine it like um, picturing like a swarm of bees, like, you know, there's, you're kind of there for a reason. You want to make honey. And, but at the same time, there's a lot of noise and a lot of people going around. So like, you know, how, how do you organize, right? How do you collectively organize this kind of decentralized group of yeah. people buzzing around? And so, um, what you know what we're looking at is well there's already like these amazing tools in web3 that are, that are coming out to help people make decisions things like voting with snapshot um there's ways to hold money as a as a group with like a, a multi-sig uh wallet or like a like a gnosis safe right mm -hmm. and there's a lot of different tools anything from roles to you know um a variety of different ways to coordinate and so what we're trying to do is like we're, we don't want to own everything we don't actually think that that's super productive um or helpful to these communities because again like our goal is to make a web community platform that if we went away your community would st you'd still own your community right you'd still have that community um and so as part of that mission being as composable as possible really helps us and so there's a lot of um tools out there that we're we're integrating we're calling them modules mm. so that you can bring them in so that you have this community. And then if you need to collectively make decisions, if you need to have a private audio chat room with just your NFTs or, you know, NFT holders or a list of .eth addresses who are part of your community, whatever it is, whatever part of your community, um, you could bring people together to have an audio chat. You could bring people together to hold assets, to make purchases, um, and to just uh, really just, you know, focus and take action. Cool. Yeah, so there's there's obviously a lot of tools that are very useful. And and I think to, you know, people who've worked in companies and maybe never really participated in the DAO, there's there's a common tooling that you need to run a company, right? And maybe you have a Slack room and um you have a, a documentation hub and um you've got all of your you know your AWS hosting and all the different things, your your email, all these tools that you need to interact with people in your company um and DAOs are no different but the the main difference is that there is no ceo yeah <laughs> right? yeah so how do you democratically arrive at decisions how do you uh you know do more things than just talk about what you're going to do how do you actually do it in the end who makes that decision yeah that's a great question um i take like a pretty liberal view the definition and by liberal i just mean like i take liberty to like um with the definition of dao because i think it's i think it can be such a myriad of amazing opportunities for how we organize and it doesn't have to be this kind of one strict definition of like you know even like you said like there's no ceo i, I think that is you know pretty traditional to like what a dao is if you look online or you know metallic's early vision of what a dao is you'll see that yeah. um and at the same time i think you know at console we ask you know how can these decentralized tools help you and so if you were a you know a company that had a leader uh a ceo it's like you could still use console but you know you could use things like our module that has like 
Reddit style product features uh, to, or, you know, or like a Trello board to like kind of get the wisdom of your community or your, you know, if it is a big community or your team to help you make decisions, right? And you could do that in public. Um, you know, a lot of these things that we're creating at console, they're not like even super new. They're not like, they're not even like web three. They're, they're actually kind of, I would say, part of a history of open source. Yeah. And a lot of people forget when they talk about Web3 that Web3 is kind of built you know, on the backbone of open source. And almost all of the really successful open source projects started with a leader, right? Whether it was like Guido at uh, with Python or um, Linus with Linux or uh, Matt Mullenweg with WordPress, like, you know, all of the, the big ones, they start with somebody. So I think when we talk about like, there's no CEO, there's no leader. Um, I think that could be something to work towards. Sure. Um, and I think that some, and some start that way. I mean, there's definitely communities that start, you know, they, they appear to at least start like leaderlessly. I mean, like, but I mean, even, even Bitcoin had Satoshi, right? And so mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, I, I think that's the question is like, how can these help you? And, and we're really open-minded to however, whether you have a CEO or not, or you're, you know, just a swarm of bees, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want. It makes sense. I mean, having started communities and joined communities, there's always a core group that yeah. is really, you know, the leaders, whether or not they have a title to that end or, or not. Um, people look to them, right? Uh, so yeah, so I think it's very interesting, uh, your, your perspective on DAOs. What are your so I really like the idea of some of the tooling that you're suggesting. And I'm thinking about some of my communities and uh, ways that we could use those to be more effective. It seems like what you're doing and the way you're describing this, it's really like a bundling of existing ideas uh, to offer a better solution. Because you know today, using Discord and using Coordinate and using uh, <laughs> Google Meet or, or whatever it is you're using to run your DAO, um, having it all under one roof would be a massive improvement in experience for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think of console in some ways as like an operating system for Web3 communities, because mm. you can have all of your or components there. You know, what we do, what we offer is verification, which is a really hard part of it, like making sure everybody is part of that community. So we have a bunch of different ways to verify using smart contracts or wallets and all that set up. So we do verification. We have chat, which is also a very difficult, you know, like technically challenging um, operation. So we really tried to kind of get the two, I'd say like fundamental but difficult challenges of a of a platform, of a chat platform out there. And then yeah, as you're mentioning, we want to integrate as much as possible, and that's what we're doing, so that people can use the existing tools, but bring them all on together. Because again, when whenever I chat with um, these communities, we just hear that onboarding, essentially, like when new when new people come to their communities, new people get turned away really easily because it's like, oh, okay, I'm in Discord. Um, go to the Notion page. Where's that? Go to the now we're going to vote. Hey, nobody voted. Why didn't they vote? And it's like. Well, where 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 am I supposed to go to do that? Like people that are right. new, and this kind of goes back to you know the accessibility angle of this. It's like how do we be inclusive to to grow Web three, 
you know, we I mean, I do. I, I think I think the only reason to be here is to, you know, upgrade the entire internet. And so it's like if we're just kind of doing it for like everyone who's already here or we're expecting everyone to like, you know, learn all these tools on their own, like I just don't see that happening. So yeah, hopefully console can be the bridge to make to make web three more accessible to people outside of web three. <laughs> Definitely. So actually talk to me about that more because when I hear, you know, the, the Web3 Discord, to me that immediately says, you know, gated communities. You have to have these tokens, you have to have this wallet, um, which is an onboarding step, right? So whether you're already onboarded into ownership of this, now you can get into the community. Um, but maybe you just want to talk to a specific group of people and they're all there. And now I have to figure out how to get in there. What token do I have to go buy? And then which wallet do I have to download? And yeah. how, do I, how do I get there? So what are your thoughts on that onboarding process um, for yeah. communities that want to support people who maybe aren't in yet? You don't need to buy anything to join console. Okay. So yeah, you, all you need is a web wallet, which is free. You can download MetaMask, right? Um, it's free. You put it. It's a browser extension. So that the that step right there for for newbies is the hardest part because it's just something we're not used to, right? It's like I mentioned before, like when the credit card went from swiping to now you put it in the chip. It's like this like little thing yeah. that you know that like changed. Um, that I think we kind of have to get people used to. Um, or maybe it's more like the upgrade, like I mentioned, upgrade to Apple Pay, where it's like, yeah, you know, we're just like changing our habits a little bit, but we're kind of, so it's like the web wall allows you to log in. And if because you have it on your browser, the password is stored locally, meaning you don't have a password with console, right? We don't have your passwords. Um, and so that's a big dramatic change at Web3. I think a lot of people forget that like cryptocurrency, when we say crypto, like cryptography is a big part of that. And that's what that means. It's like, there's this new innovation. It's not even that new. It's been around for a while, but it's like, we're using it now uh, so that you can own your password. And that's what you're doing. So we need to, that that is the biggest barrier. And we've, we've discussed, I mean, this is something we're like actively debating. Like, do we want email login? Mm. You know, at, at this point, we're still saying no, because we have, a bet on the future that web wallets will become more popular as they get more integrated. Um, you know, as you see, big companies now too, like um, Starbucks, Adidas, like are all doing NFT drops. So right? there's like all the big. So I think as more people get comfortable with web wallets, they'll yeah. understand that that's an option. Sure. And the thing about kind of the bet that I would put on web wallets is is that they're going to reduce the amount of spam potentially because yeah. you will own your identity it'll be a lot more difficult to spoof your account um, it'll be more easy to verify who you are by signing messages when you need to and so yeah so for right now it's free to join console you just need a web wallet and i think we just kind of need to everybody needs to go to one of their friends who still has an aol email address and um <laughs> <laughs> either defriend them or get them a Gmail account and a MetaMask wallet or something, either yeah. help them out or leave them. But um, yeah, one, one way or another, they need, they need some attention from you. Sure. <laughs> hurting. Yeah, that makes sense. Michael, um, if you're out there, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the way I 
I think about this for 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 apps like your own where you know you're trying to get people in and they need a wallet to to get mm. started. Downloading a wallet isn't hard, right? It's the challenge for people is really around the management of that wallet. They don't know that they need to write down the seed phrase somewhere. They don't know that you know they can get locked out of their account permanently if they forget the password, something yeah. like that, right? So for at least for me, the way I'm approaching building apps that have this uh, you know new user focus, it, it's really about giving them uh, an option to have an email login that's probably just like a custodial account um, yeah. or yeah. Uh, a different piece of wallet software that's kind of built into the app. Mm -hmm. um, where it is still stored on their machine, but like if you lose it, it's not the end of the world because we have your email and we can do kind of a pseudo account migration recovery feature. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. That's, have you seen anybody do that in a way that you felt was a really good implementation of it? Or? I have not seen a, a really solid implementation, um, but the, I mean, the, the custodial accounts, obviously every centralized exchange has yeah. that. I think yeah. they have a, a good approach there. Um, but as far as just like baking it into the browser uh, within your app, um, the all the tools are there and they're being used in every you know every service, uh, web two or web three. It's just a matter of combining them in the right way. But yeah, I haven't seen a good example implementation. And by baking it into the browser, you you mean not having them download a web wallet, but something else. Yeah, like, you know, they're already on console.xyz. Um, they want to log in with an email. So use their email and password to encrypt the keys in local storage or something like that. And so it's all still within your app. They don't need to download a separate extension. Um, but if they lose it or if they switch browsers and can't log in, um, then you've stored their email on your own service and you can use that to say, all right, well, we know you set it up within the browser, we can do a migration and you know, you'll know you lose those keys. And so it doesn't open up a lot of the features of a like an actual wallet where you, know, you can take assets in and all that. It is a key, so they could, um, but it's, uh, it's not designed for that. It's more just to get you on and connected. And then uh, if you lose it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, that's definitely something we are considering. So yeah, sure. I think more about that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about identity providers. Uh, obviously, you're integrated with multiple chains, and you know you can support different name services or different NFTs or or whatever. Um, a lot of services today. It seems like they all want to build their own ENS clone, <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, so what what led you to uh, integrate with all of these other existing services for identity instead of saying that we're going to be uh, the console identity service? Oh yeah. Um, so well, I think that just comes back to again, like a few of our values about composability and. Um, yeah. There's already some, you know, there's people out there who are doing like a really amazing job with the future of identity on the web. I'd say ENS is certainly leading that with yeah. their .eth names. Um, and I'm also a fan of uh, BNS, which is basically like, you know, secured by Bitcoin, uh, the name. So those are the two that we started with. 
um yeah no we just didn't yeah just i guess it just made sense that like if that existed and that's what people are using like why why would we introduce our own right identity um we'd rather again like own as little information about our usage as possible so that they can just use our platform and own their identity so yeah that was it was a pretty simple decision yeah yeah i agree i just you know it, it shocks me how often people say yeah we can just build it ourselves we can have our own nft we don't need theirs and so anyway. yeah yeah makes sense cool um so obviously you're integrated with all these different chains and you support different identities um when it comes to DAO tooling typically there's actually like a vote that gets you know put on chain there's a transaction there um for your for your different integrations that you're building uh are you going multi-chain there as well or are you focusing more on you know supporting DAOs run on ethereum or something like that right now yeah we're focused on ethereum and stacks which is a layer mm -hmm. two for bitcoin so that's really where we're focused our most um yeah so we'll you know we'll have those that you know a, lo a lot of those core features like i mentioned like snapshot for voting and this is safe for treasury and so we're doing those integrations with both of those chains um you know as we open up i imagine a future where we will allow developers to build on console and mm. so if you have a project that you want to you know, bring in um, to your community, you can essentially like bring that in. Um, and right now we're just kind of like working one-on-one -on -one with some devs who are helping build modules, but I imagine we'll open that up. Um, there's also a cool option to um, also, we have this feature where you can just basically use an iframe and have mm -hmm. some of your apps kind of all in one place, um, which is kind of a quick fix for now that some of the communities are using to you know, essentially just have your chat and then just like being able to easily access any other Web3 app just kind of in the same frame. Oh, yeah. Been, been kind of like a nice uh, kind of like short term um, hack until things get fully integrated. So that's also a possibility if you're using something that we haven't yet supported. Sure. OK, cool. Um, yeah, there, there's a definite opportunity here. Obviously, DAOs are majoritively on ETH and, and Stacks. So that makes a lot of sense that you'd start there. Um, I'm curious, actually, does Console have any of its own smart contracts for running the app? Or is it all just integrations with other <laughs> compositions? It's a great question. Uh, we we don't have any smart contracts. We just read existing smart contracts. Um, in the case where we, um, we did build a multi-sig treasury for stacks and bitcoin um mm -hmm. and we actually kind of we commissioned the project so it's a completely separate project so there are smart contracts for that but it's not it's not called console it's called multi-safe it's completely different um and it's been audited twice and that, so it's just like an entirely different open source project that was lives uh separate from console so that, that's been kind of our approach um because again like we're trying to build console in such a way that we have a light footprint and i think you know, that's not only, you know, decentralizing our tech stack, our chats, but it's it's also organizationally kind of decentralizing, um, you know, the tools that we use so that they're out there and that we're, they're not all just bundled into, you know, console. It's like you can go and use them and not even use console. And we think that's kind of the beauty of um, composability in Web3. Gotcha. Very cool.
Um, Chris, sounds like you're doing a lot of good over there. I, I'm really excited to see where console goes from here. Um, I'm eager to to get into the closed beta and, and try it out and see what I can what I can build there for uh, some of my own communities. So yeah, um, we we'd love to have you if you um I, like like we said right now, MetaMask and and Stack. So if you know if you have a community, um, you can reach out to me. If anyone listening would like to apply, you can go to start.console.xyz or reach out on Twitter at console uh, Luke, you didn't ask me to plug, but I just thought that might be helpful. <laughs> My next question, so perfect. I just, just thought it. I'd put it all out there because you were mentioning joining console, and I imagine other people might be thinking the same thing. So hopefully that's helpful. Excellent. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll put some links to that down in the description for everybody listening. I appreciate that. Awesome. Chris, really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Luke, for having me. This is so fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. all right, everybody. Thanks. That's all the time we have. Join me next week for the CoinPress podcast. Bye for now.